Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt Lift Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Luke, here with a special co-host, Lyle Avis from old Schmavis Outdoors. What's going on, Lyle? How you doing? Hey, living the dream over here now that I uh, figured out how to work technology. Um, for those on the podcast that don't know, I'm about 80% caveman, so they really have to hold my hand and walk me through the whole process. Yeah, it's been a nightmare. We tried to get uh, Lyle on the podcast that dropped last week, and it was a disaster. So um, <laughs> Carter and I had, had to run that one solo and got Jacus to jump on last minute. But yeah, we're, abs- we're really uh, excited, actually. Uh, this week, we've got a special guest, and this is another one we've been trying to line up, and the schedules just haven't worked. We've got Jeff Miner from uh, the Colorado Outdoor Adventure Guide School here in Colorado. How's it going, Jeff? Doing great, Luke. Uh, glad to be a part. Uh, hello, Lyle. Uh, good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you again, Jeff. You're muted, Lyle. See? Damn near freaking, maybe we'll nope. bump it up to 85% caveman. I don't know. I think you cut out there, buddy. 85%, 90% caveman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is just par for the course with uh, with our podcast. and uh, But anyways, we'll just keep rolling and see if Lyle can get back in here. Uh, it, it was Lyle's actually the the connection here. So uh, I was telling Jeff before we started the call that I, I'd been talking to him about, you know, I'm looking at transition out of the army here shortly. And I was looking at different options and I was like, Oh, I could use either my GI bill or my vocational rehab VA benefits to go to a guide school. And I was like, I was looking at this one called coags and Lyle was like, Oh, I, I've been to that one. I, I know Jeff. I was like, Oh shit. So, you know, we immediately had to get this all lined up. So, you know, Jeff, why don't you just kind of give everybody a rundown and explain what, what coags is and, and kind of its inception and, and, you know, what you do over there. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for the introduction. Uh, Jeff Miner, and like I say, we're with uh, coags, which is the Colorado outdoor venture guide school. We're located in Western Colorado. Um, how our industry got started, how the school got started was really to go ahead and train people for the outdoor hunting, fishing industry really by itself. That's really what our inception was in the beginning because it was hard to find good help. Um, as time went on, the, the, it changed a lot into not just hunting and fishing, but outdoor recreation as a whole. Um, and the fly fishing industry, the ski industry, um, now of course, hiking, mountain biking, uh, the whole overall tourism. So we've got seven different programs out there now. Uh, Lyle went through our whitetail program, which, you know, whitetail deer, the number one hunted, you know, animal in the, in the United States, uh, for big game and the, in the industry commercially is still very, very good, whether it be in the East, whether it be in the South, Midwest, out West, um, it's still a huge opportunity in that whitetail sector, which takes care of also Turkey. Um, you know, everybody getting their grand slam. Now the Turkey craze is on all over the country. I and mean, we have the Miriam out here. Um, of course, South of us has the Rio Grande and then you have the Eastern and the Gould going down, but uh, we do upland birds and, and, and ducks and geese waterfowl with that course. Um, we have our basic program and our advanced pro guide program that was our inception, our, our designed Western big game. So it takes care of horsemanship, elk, mule deer, black bear, lion. Um, of course, we touch on moose, sheep and goat as well. Um, being that some of the Canadian and Alaskan markets, 
work very heavily into the into those species. And then we've involved now into the Texas market. The high fence exotics um, is probably the up and comingest industry there is right now. Um, it's convenient. It's relatively easy. It's high production. Um, and that includes the hog hunting and everything else throughout the South and throughout the East um, as, as well. But it's just a market that is, is going crazy. And then, of course, our fishing industry, um, whether it be fly fishing out West, uh, you know, fishing in Canada. Now the big thing, you know, even going to Canada, we have friends of ours that have a, a big operation in Ontario. Their big deal now is pike, big pike on fly rods um, with the big streamers. So, you know, and even down in, in the, in the, in the South, um, I have two students, uh, graduates that are both in Florida, got their captain's licenses now, one off the keys and one out of Clearwater, Florida. They're good friends. They both got their captain's licenses, got their boats, and they're doing a lot of fly fishing, you know, inland as well as going offshore. So we got the horsemanship all added, racked up into one. And what's really cool about it now on the veteran side, um, Crap, you can go on a two-week to 14-week vacation, get it paid for, and get paid while you're out here, full room and board and, and everything out here in Western Colorado and, and really experience what we have to offer. That sounds pretty enticing. You've got me uh, damn well sold. That's, <laughs> that's, a, it, no, that's, that's incredible. I mean, just the, the range of what you offer is, is pretty wild. So how did, you know, what's your background that, you know, got you into, you know, we didn't talk to earlier, your, your, you know, prior army, if you want to just kind of touch on kind of how you came up, got into this industry and then started with, with the school. Well, I, I was prior army. I was in, you know, in the, in the eighties from 83 to 89, um, was out just prior, uh, to desert storm. And I decided, you know, I had gone to, you know, had active service, then came back. I worked in, in a company called 3M, um, finished out and found out that me personally, I, I just, even though I, I made good money, um, I had a good career. My father was at that company for 42 and a half years. My younger brother uh, is an incredible engineer there as well. It just wasn't for me. Um, it just didn't get everything I wanted to do. So uh, in late 18, in, in early 1990, I, I resigned and told at that time my fiance that we were, I was going, moving to Montana and I was going to a guide school. And she's like, what? And my family was like, are you crazy? Um, and so I did that. I, I went to a Western guide school up in Northwest corner of Montana um, in 1990 and started my guiding career that fall. Um, it fit me. It fit what I wanted to do. Um, it hasn't always been the highest paying job in the country for sure, but it's an awfully good office to be in and stress. Yeah. It's physical. I mean, our jobs are physical. We deal outside a lot and it's not sitting inside for sure, but uh, being able to be up on the mountain today at 10,000 to, to 11,000 feet, you know, fly fishing for uh, rainbows and cutthroat and brook trout uh is not a bad is not a bad day at work, uh, so it, it kind of evolved there. I guided in Montana for three years, and then I was approached 
um, by a gentleman who I had met doing some sports shows at that time. I was fortunate that the outfitter I worked for took me on the road. I learned sales, learned, you know, learned how to sell hunts and learned that side of things in the business side, which I love. Um, and had the opportunity to meet another outfitter who was selling his operation to a gentleman out of Texas who was purchasing. And that gentleman was getting out of the ranching industry, kind of liked the outdoors, wanted to move to Colorado. So he bought the operation and they needed a general manager. So uh, Jim called me and wanted to know if I was interested, if me and Teresa would consider, you know, GMing the, the, the business outside of Woodland Park, Colorado. And uh, we got a chance to meet them uh, over New Year's in 1993. I got there in 93. Of course, we stayed through 94. And I started, uh, I signed the contracts before we left and we started March 1 of 94. Um, and then that was the inception of the guide school. I mean, at that time, it was called Pikes Peak Outfitter and Guide School. We're looking to fill basically our own jobs. You know, how do you find good guides that know how you run your operation, how you do things? So it was really an in-house kind of deal. You take six, eight guys a year um, that are looking to get in the business, go through a school, and then come fall, they're ready to go to work. Um, and it just evolved. Other outfitters called, wanted more people. So the school just really started to build itself um, in its kind of own organic way that way. In the late 890s, um, we did some things with Fort Carson. We kind of got onto the military side and did some R&R work for them at our ranch um, with nothing with the school. It was just for them to come up on a Friday evening, uh, sit around a campfire, have a campfire dinner, uh, do some fishing on Saturday and go back to the base on Sunday. And, and the base kind of paid us to have that little R&R weekend for them as they came back off of deployments and things like that. And we just built from there. It organically got bigger. Um, we saw the vision of the markets. Um, we saw the vision of where outdoor recreation was heading and where the employment needed for those areas um, and how to train for that. So it kind of evolved into a business style deal and filling other outfitters. But as time has went on, <laughs> we became not only on the vocational side, but we've really touched base um, being in the outdoors and the healing side of being in the outdoors, the serenity of, of, of sitting in a float tube um, and just kind of not worrying about the day-to-day -day deal or dealing with the horses. Uh, the horse therapy today has gone off the chart. We see an incredible um, transformation in a lot of uh, students that go through, not only on the veteran side, but civilian as well. Um, and finding a purpose. And it doesn't have to be full-time. I tell guys, they're saying, well, you know, I, I have retirement or uh, you know, I've been medically out and I got a family. I said, well, you don't have to do it full time, but you know, you've been on deployments before you've been away from the, can you get away for two weeks and just go help an outfitter for two weeks and get paid while you're doing it. And so there's a, there's a lot of opportunity back and forth. And that's really how the school started. Um, I was with them for a certain segment in that uh, group. And then I, of course, I resigned uh, once in 99. And then I went back 
in 2003 uh, to GM it again. Um, things kind of got off, got off the off the rails and went back and got everything kind of lined back out. And then in 2005, I resigned again from the school and bought my own company uh, in Western Colorado. And, and my daughter was just born um, and raised her in the industry. And then I got a call in 2000, late 2009, uh, the same person I GM'd for, you know, Gary called and said, uh, you know, will you come back and, and, and GM the school? He said, we just really need to have that leadership role. And I said, well, I got my own company, got my own outfitting business. Uh, my daughter's in school now. You know, things are going pretty good. It just really, I can't be driving from the Western Slope over to the Springs area and back every week. And I don't want to travel like that. That's not what my goal is every week. And uh, my wife, Teresa, asked me, she said, well, do you think he's ready to retire? Do you think he'd want to sell? Um, and I go, I have no idea. So we presented it to him in 2000, late 2009. Um, he said, actually, I, I would consider that at my age. And we purchased the school uh, January 2010 and um, have ran it ever since and, and, and built it to where we have now and, and just have a, um, a lull right now, I think, in, in, in enrollments. But I think that with the word out of what can be done for a lot of people, people, you know, maybe somebody don't want an outfitting job full time. Don't have to be can be very part-time, can be, you know, as little as coming out in the summer for a week, you know, getting paid to help set up camps or, you know, just just have that outdoor um, camaraderie side of things as well. So that's kind of the background uh, short side of what, how we got to where yeah, we're I know, at today. Like you said, when, when I went there, um, I didn't really have any intentions of becoming a, a guide or anything. I just wanted to hunt better. You know, and I was like, well, let me go out there and take this whitetail course and come back and just, you know, be a much, much better hunter than I was when I started. And it definitely worked out. I learned so much stuff that I didn't even know that I didn't know. It just blew my mind while I was there. And I was only for a two week course, you know. Well, it is on the whitetail side, especially, you know, everybody wants to be a better hunter. They, everybody wants to kill better bucks. Um, and when you, when you look at it as a guide, whether it's for your guiding yourself or you're guiding your son or daughter or, or, a, or a buddy, uh, you know, learning, learning food plot, learning animal management, learning different things just for your own personal skill level to pass on to someone else really passes on a big tradition um, that is important uh, in our heritage uh, of outdoor hunting and fishing and outdoor recreation. And I think it's a loss somewhat, um, you know, people aren't handing that skill down. They're not, you know, taking, taking those sons and daughters out to the field, you know, getting them out on a lake and catching that first bluegill or, or whatever the case may be that first trout, um, you know, getting them on that first rabbit or squirrel uh, when they're little as to build that tradition. And, and I think that's a shame so it has a lot of validity just in that aspect, personally, um, for family integration and getting the family outdoors and enjoying some, you know, really valuable time in some awfully beautiful country that, the, you know, that has been you know, placed on this earth for us. 
It's hard to argue with that. You know, as I've got a, you saw earlier, my feral little child running around and I got another one on the way uh, any day now. And that's something that's very near and dear to me is raising my children in this space and in this, you know, world um, of the outdoors. And, you know, it does have to be deliberate and conscious and we got to make sure that we're teaching them the right things, right? Like, you know, I know I didn't have the best honey mentors uh, in some cases and I made my fair share of mistakes as I was, as I was coming up, did my fair share of stuff that probably wasn't the most ethical and definitely wasn't legal. Um, and so, you know, having that, that azimuth check and knowing what the, what right looks like, I think is extremely important. And that's one of the things that, you know, really attracts me about, trying to attend and knock out a couple courses when I, when I do get out of the army is because, you know, I can learn and, you know, and then I have that in my back pocket because you can never, once you have a skill, you've got that skill for life. You might have to hone it up a little bit, but now you've got it. You got something to fall back on, or, you know, I get an opportunity, maybe I get an opportunity to go jump out and go run guide for two, three weeks at a time here and there. And like, that's just awesome experience. And if you want to get better at hunting, you got to be out there. And unfortunately, especially with how, you know, draw odds are going and point creep and, you know, it's getting harder and harder to hunt out West and more and more expensive. And so having the ability to get out, even maybe when you're not actively hunting and getting out and, and getting reps and experience and watching animals and, you know, you can't, you can't put a, you know, kind of a price on watching animals and, and being on the mountain or being in the tree stand and just getting those repetitions in. Well, I think you're exactly right, Luke. And, and, you know, it's hard to beat that early morning wake up, uh, you know, when you're out there and, and that sun's starting to come up and, and just everything's starting to happen. Um, as the woods come alive, the birds start chirping, uh, you know, it's just a, it's, it's, it's a great thing. And it, as those, as those kids learn to be out there, um, you know, we're in a world, we're, in a, we're in a digital world. So, uh, which is, which is hard for me. I mean, uh, that's probably why I struggle anymore uh, with our marketing side of things. It's just not my wheelhouse. Um, my wheelhouse is a lot of face-to-face uh, communication, and 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 I'm fairly good at that and can kind of convey our program that way. It's really difficult digitally. Um, it doesn't show any passion. It doesn't show any um, – of the heartfelt stuff of being on that hill or being in, in the back country or, or just being out period, whether you're, you're in a, in a box blind in Texas or, or, or on the river, you know, in, in the Southeast, it doesn't make any difference, you know, whether you're catching bass or, or catching trout. It's just that, that being outside and having that experience in itself that we kind of tend to miss sometimes. So when, when I came up there now, I, I don't want to keep going back to it, but you know, I did with that little two week experience that I had. So I was, I went up there on a cycle break while I was a drill sergeant. Right. So like one of the most stressful times of my entire, you know, military career outside of a deployment. And man, we'd wake up in the morning and open the door and it was like right at the, beginning like early fall so i remember it was real cold in the morning when i went there but like we'd open the door and there was like elk bugling in the distance at the same time there'd be like mule deer out in the field in front while a horse was like trying to come into my cabin to get warm you know and i was like this is this is nuts i was like this could be some this could be every day you know and it was just that therapeutic reset like you were talking about that really hit while I was up there even if I walked away and didn't learn a thing just those mornings opening that door would have been completely worth you know that two-week trip up there I can't talk enough about it I've been talking about it for 12 years now and it's still freaking (laughs) awesome 
Sounds like we're going back, Lyle. I'm in, man. Put me in, coach. <laughs> <laughs> it it is, and it's a lot of fun. Um, and in and there and I always go back to the opportunity side. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity in the outdoor recreation industry. And I've seen a lot of people, I just talked to one group the other night and, and they were really looking at it saying, well, if, if we go out and get some training, they have a 501 C3 as well. And they're working with some veteran guys. And then, then we're better at our job, getting them out in the field on their own properties, their own whitetail properties. And, you know, what do we have to do to be able to, um, better, whether I say guide or, you know, we're in the people business. So you're, you're being a concierge in the outdoor world. How can you be better at that? Um, how can you get them a better opportunity to where you know, they take some stress off of themselves out of the everyday, uh, day-to-day scenario. And we're, we're in that world where it's just different times than when I was in, uh, you guys that are in now, um, and have been in and the deployments, it's just, um, you know, me and the Colonel were talking today about how it was different and, uh, it, it's just different. You know, we talked a lot today about, you know, the different war times, the different times and, and the Iraqi Afghan scenario is just a different time than other wars for sure. And it's played a part on a lot of soldiers. Once they get back, they do struggle. They miss the team. Um, they miss the camaraderie they miss. And if I can help build that, if nothing else, I'm building relationships. I mean, you know, Lyle contacts me out of the blue, you know, 12 years later. And that's why we're here. I mean, I just got an email today from a gentleman who took a class in 2008. I mean, I wasn't even with the program at that time. I had to look him up and stuff like that, but he's looking at he hasn't guided. Um, he's been, you know, life, life has been in the way and life has been there. And now he wants to be able to, you know, can I get some referral base to, to, to see if I can get a guiding job part-time? Absolutely. I mean, that's why I'm here. Or, or, you know, sometimes the hard part for me, and it's always been that way for me, that I want them to succeed more than they want to succeed themselves sometimes. I hear that. I feel that if I don't get them to a certain level, I've failed. Well, that's not true either. Some people are just looking for different things. And I've had to learn that over time. Um, uh, One thing that I tell all the students over and over and over, that it doesn't matter what I do, whether it was when I was an athlete at an incredibly high level at one point to when I went into the military whatever job I got or do what I'm doing now, I'm all in. I'm not doing it half-assed. It, it, it don't make any sense to me. And it's either I'm going to do it full bore, I'm going to do it 100% or I ain't going to be there. And that has always been how we've tried to teach and help our student body uh, in any way, our graduates, any way possible. Um and, and some I can help, some I can't. Some have d- done a tremendous job. Some have incredible careers in the outdoor industry, uh, uh, both Matt and Jesse that are in Florida. I mean, they're doing a, bi- a business, and I mean a big one. Um, and they were just, they knew what they wanted, and they just 
came through the program and wouldn't quit. They're both married, both got kids, and they run an incredible operations separately, but they're very, very good friends. Um, Jesse actually uh, first made it on, on Matt's first boat before he got his own, but they're, they, they're all in. And so it's opportunistic right now. I mean, there's jobs, hundreds and hundreds in the industry. Does it pay as much? Most of the time, not. And, but it's a different thing for me. And, you know, I, I tell everybody I've never made the money I made as an engineer or tech with 3M that I ever made when I got out out in a, in a back country wall tent, but I sure didn't mind Monday morning. And I certainly wasn't searching for Friday because every day is the same to us. I mean, we feed horses, you know, everybody say, well, what are you doing? Well, between 7am and nine o'clock in the morning, we're feeding stock every day seven days a week from five o'clock to six, six o'clock 30. And we're feeding stock. We just, and you know, so that's gotta be done every day when you deal with horses and mules and, and animals that you have, but does it get old sometimes? Sure. I mean, it's like any other job that you have, but when I look up toward that mountain and realize that I don't have to drive in six lanes of traffic to get somewhere, all I gotta do is walk across the pasture and feed some stock. That ain't so bad. Or I got I to gotta get on one of the horses and go to the mountain and, and see, you know, see if the elk are back in now and moved up the mountain and, and are, are having babies. You know, we're, we're in the middle of calving seasons and, you know, it's, uh, there's nothing really to change that. It's real hard to argue with that, that morning routine, you know, even though it is a routine, you know, we just over and over again, but man, that, that the morning routine and getting up, getting after it and getting the, the stuff that you know needs to be done. Um, I mean, my morning routine is I log on to my computer and my cubicle and wish I was somewhere else. You know, I, I don't feel like if I was up on a horse and in the mountains having a cup of coffee that I'd be like, well, I sure wish I was somewhere else doing something different right now. You know, I can't imagine that that would cross my mind. Well, it all depends. After 35 years, you get some of them mornings too. I, I think my, okay, so I might have one of them mornings in the winter. Georgia has made me yeah. soft. I'm telling you. I'm like, I mean, we had, if it gets under 40 degrees, I'm snow. dying. We had enough snow here at the ranch this year that, um, you know, you couldn't see our a five-strand five fence. You couldn't see it anymore. Um, it, it snowed over nine feet. It snowed 25 feet on the mountain. Um, we fished today, uh, you know, what is it, the 10th of July, 9th, 8th, whatever day it is, 7th of July, uh, with snow along the, along the banks of the lakes. Um, the lakes are open, but there's still snow around them um, everywhere we're going still. So you can look at snow on the 7th of July, um, which uh, for us out here, you know, we're blessed for that water. Um, it's made a big difference for all of the rafting industry, uh, certainly the fishing industry. Uh, California is happy that we got a lot of water. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they're proud of us here in the Colorado. So you touched um, you touched it, for it, a second on the uh, camaraderie part. And I just so I have been friends with the guy I met when I was up there. Since then, um, I'll shout out to Nick Gibbs. He he sells uh, some livestock, does some farming now in Alabama, and does some uh, like 
land and hunting property sales. So I'm sure that some of the stuff he picked up while we were there has definitely helped him. I know he spent some time working for um, Whitetail Properties for a few years and then uh, eventually branched out and now uh, runs his own his own business on that side. But I still talk to him all the time. And I'm like, as soon as you started talking about camaraderie, I was like, yep, old Nick Gibbs been talking to him for 12 years and I'm hung out with him for two weeks once, you know? So that those, those bonds definitely stay strong. And like, uh, we usually talk about at HLE is just, uh, finding a team and finding that tribe is definitely something that can be forged pretty quickly. You know, when you're, up on that mountain and you're in that learning environment or in that hunting environment. So I definitely, I definitely can feel exactly what you're talking about with the camaraderie. Well, it's true. And, and, you know, the, the guys build bonds, um, for lifetimes, um, you know, and, and now it's really, uh, you know, it's, it's easy. Everybody's taking everybody's contact information when they're done and touching base. And, and it's, it's a good thing. Um, especially, like I said, uh, we see it a lot with our with our military guys because uh, you know if there's if there's a couple other veterans in the program with them at the same time, um, you'll see them really lock up and connect, um, talk a little shop from you know where they've been and things like that. So they get some commonality, and then we build it on that outdoor side as well, and and they become good friends. Um, you know, just like that, they end up hunting together sometimes and and staying in contact and. And that's, and really that's, you know, that's as much or as more important building that than it is, you know, necessarily finding a job every day. Um, Cause that's something you can fall back on for a lot of years. That, that resonates with everybody here at HLE and, and just kind of what our, what our mission is overall. And, you know, this company and the team especially was forged out of my, desire to ensure that I had a community when I got out of the army because I didn't want to be one of those guys that's floundering because I think most of the issues you know I truly believe most of the issues aren't the trauma they're not what you know the war it's coming back and not having anybody and that feeling of isolation and like you know it's easy to talk about the trauma when you're with the guys that you went through it with you know it's hard when you're alone and you got a screaming baby and an upset wife and like you know she doesn't understand like that's the fucking problem and so when we have the community together, that's that's where it all comes together. And it's the same thing on the civilian world. You know, the veterans kind of get all the press right now. But I think we're in the society where we're so connected through our damn phones. We're the most disconnected, you know, in real life. And we don't have these actual things that we need as human beings. It's in our, you know, literally in our DNA that we're, you know, we're tribal people. So I, I love all that. And it, it kind of really resonates with us and, and fits right in line. But, you know, I. I want to kind of take this on the second half of this and, and roll into a little more, you know, specifics because one for my own knowledge. And then two, I think there's a lot of people that uh, have listened to the first 30 minutes of this podcast and are pretty sold. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at this and as a, you know, prospective student, you know, what, what courses, you know, let's say I just want to have a, a general understanding of the, 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 uh, the Western world and, and Western hunting and starting to prep myself. What does that progression look like? You know, you've got several different classes. How would I want to stack those? You know, what would be the order of that? What would that look like? Sure. Well, the first course that uh, you know, our students are going to look at, and, and we put them in succession because some students want to go through. Um, we have one young man here out of the Navy who's, who spent 14 weeks with us and now has joined our staff. Um, we're glad to have him. So you want to start, you know, in that basic program. Um, they actually came, 
Uh, she started in March, uh, went to our winter basic, which is all of the winter activities that can be commercially somewhat run. So we, 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 we go ice fishing, we do snowmobiling, we do downhill skiing, we do cross country skiing, snowshoeing. Um, we go down to Uray for the ice climbing. Um, see that. Uh, we talk about resort management for if you're looking at them on the resort side. That's in the winter time, um, and it takes care of you know really the western area as well as uh, you know UP UP of Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota. You know just a big winter time tourism industry. And then they went through our safari exotic program. And that, of course, is basically exactly what it is. Um, it's, you know, the high fence exotic market, which honestly is going to be one of the biggest things in our country, as well as other countries around the world. Um, you know, New Zealand has the high fence, big bulls, um, South Africa, 90 plus percent is, is, is gone ahead and, and high fenced in their markets, Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri. It really, it, it's just building everywhere. So they took that, but then for the Western big game, we have our basic program and that starts out all basic skills. A lot of guys have some of the skills, but not necessarily how you would do them as a guide. It'd be a little bit different. Um, uh, navigation is one that I always laugh because, uh, we get a lot of veterans come through, right? Well, navigation in the U.S. and navigation in the military, when I say the U.S., I mean as a civilian, uh, civilian coordinates are very different than military UTM. And and uh, and I get some special forces guys, it's kind of funny, and they said, well, we don't even use, we don't even use a compass or a map. We, ha we have a handheld GPSs and uh, we're using them and try. I said, well, now you're going to have degrees, minutes, seconds. Now, how do you handle that? Well, I, so we, we go back a little bit. So they get a little refresher on the maps because um, I think map work is important. Um, but you get your you get your basic horsemanship out of that. You get your first aid certification, which I don't believe in this and I think it's a crap. But even medics out of the military do not qualify as a first aid and CPR card in the U.S. It just doesn't qualify. So you come back as a medic from the military, you got you still got to carry a, a first aid CPR card from a, from a company out here. So we go through that and get that certification done. It's pretty redundant, but we do it. Um, we do a day of introductory to fly fishing. We do a hiking and backpacking. And that all works. That basic class goes right into our two advanced programs, depending on what the student wants to do. On the hunting side, they go through our professional guide program, which is our Western big game program. Elk, calling, mule deer, habitat, black bear, mountain lion, moose, sheep, and goats. Touch a little bit on caribou. Um, so we go over the species. We go over tax tactics, that kind of thing. Plus, we do all your packing for your horse packing into the backcountry. How do we how do we get all that gear that we take into the back under? How do we get how do we get it back in the mountain? So we go through our packing class. Now for the ones that don't want the hunting side of that, we have an advanced backcountry horsemanship program that a lot of our females take as well. Um, they do the basic class and then the advanced horsemanship. 
So they're getting the packing. So if they want to go on a summer pack trip to the high country, they have that skill. But then we do obstacle courses. We do a 20 miler back country. Um, we go to and do obstacles on the mountain. We do trail clearing, um, how that's done and just what they'll need to do to get into the back country, but just with the horses and not necessarily on the hunting side of things. Then we have our fly fishing program. Um, it's a standalone program. Uh, two weeks can be broken up into week by week, uh, a week at a time or do the two weeks in succession. Um, fly tying, talk about rod building a little bit, but just get them introductory. If they've got some fly fishing skills, they're going to get more advanced quite a bit. If they don't have any, any of that knowledge at all, we start at square one. Um, you know, the casting, how to string the rod, what rods are, you know, what rods are you going to use for what fish and what area you're in? Um, and, uh, just really, really go from there. So, you know, with those seven, you know, programs, uh, that we've got, and then we have the whitetail program that was six. Then we have our whitetail for whitetail deer, turkey, upland game birds, and waterfowl. Um, so basically a seven program total. Um, you can take a little of a week at a time, two weeks, or take 14 weeks in a row, um, and spend, you know, spend about three months with us for almost four months. When I was uh, watching all the other courses, man, I, that the horse stuff and all the packing as well, that one really interested me. I was like, man, I'm like peeking out the window, checking it out, watching what all those guys are doing. And man, that one really, because being from the Midwest, I, I wouldn't say, like, I'd, I wouldn't say we're like really away from them, but not at the level of running up and down mountains with pack horses. You know what I mean? So it was way out of my normal comfort zone watching those guys. And I was like, man, someday, someday I want to be that guy. Well, it, it, it is that tradition. I mean, you know, if you go into any wilderness areas, whether you're into the Bob Marshall in Montana, whether you're into the Frank church river of no return in Idaho, you're in the flat tops here in Colorado, the South San Juan over, you know, in the, in the uh, West Elks, that's all wilderness. So there's no, motorized or mechanized equipment at all. So there's only two ways to get there, horseback and mules or by foot. And I tend to like to have decent accommodations and I like to eat. So I'm not putting, you know, everybody says MREs. Well, now it's all mountain house and this high end stuff. And I'm not eating freeze dried food. We're still taking meat and potatoes in the back country and eggs. So the meals that I got that are eating hay every day, uh, they're going to, they're going to pack some, some weight and they're going to put some coolers on their back and we're going to get them in the back country. And that's the only way to get there. So it's a, it's a, it's a tradition and a skill that's hundreds of years old. You know, the, the guys that went across the mountains and in, in, in the, the mid, you know, early and mid 1800s, same, the same hitches today are being used exactly the same hitches they used then. So you watch Jeremiah Johnson, you, you watch Mountain Men, uh, Outlaw Joe, it's all the same. Them hitches on the diamond hitch are the same today as they were then. And with that little bit of nostalgia, it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's the only to get there, to know that you got there, got the equipment there. And and those those animals that you work with every day and feed every day and cuss sometimes, uh, 
they, they, they got that equipment there for you and, and worked their heart out um, for you to have a nice camp and be able to uh, be able to sleep good at night and eat good meals uh, and, and have a good hunt when you're in the back country or a good summer pack trip. That's awesome. I'm definitely interested in, in that one for sure. It's always been, I've never done a back country uh, going in through horseback. I've always walked. So it sounds a lot better. <laughs> yeah, Steaks over freeze dried all day long. Yeah. And we've been fortunate. I and mean, we, we got the chance to train uh, special forces out of Fort Bragg. I, I'm going to keep saying that because I, it's hard for me to say Fort Liberty or whatever we're calling it now. Uh, <laughs> and, but we've worked with them uh, several times and I work with a group out of Langley, Virginia, uh, to pack certain things uh, for them, just specialty items. But uh, the guys out of Bragg came out and uh, did am- animal acquisition with us. Uh, they spent a 10-day short course uh, with two different teams, and uh, we had a ball. Um, we taught them how to build pack saddles, uh, how to acquire animals if they need be, and and how to pack them on, on just material that they would need to get into the backcountry or get – certain things into areas. Um, so it was, that was a lot of fun too, working with those guys. Yeah, that's really cool. So, you know, when you, obviously, you know, people come, they, is there an application process or like, what, what does it look like? To, yeah. To I mean, our, our, in the, in the our website for all you guys out there, it's, it's guideschool.com. Pretty simple. Um, you know, www.guideschool.com. Um, it goes through all of our information. They just go to the enroll now. That's it. I, I love the fact that uh, just from a business perspective of like you owning the URL guide school, that's pretty perfect. Yeah, that's, it started in 1996. That tells you how long ago we put that together. That's perfect. <laughs> um, and it's just there and every program is there. They hit the enroll now um, and, and we go through the process. Uh, we're really hoping that... Um, you know, we can make some awareness and, and get some more people just learning the outdoor skills and enjoying, enjoying that outdoor, uh, outdoor environment, dealing with the horses. Um, and I say on the horses, we start from ground floor, how to brush, catch, saddle. Um, because we don't deal always in an arena, you know, we're on the side of that hill. We're going up, um, from our ranch to our top camp is a, 3,200 elevation in about five miles. So it's steep country. Um, it's beautiful. Um, I, you know, it's beautiful country out here, but, uh, it, it, it's not, it's not a pony ride at the fair. You know, it, it, it's, so we start out, um, they learn a little bit about shoeing, um, a little bit about feet care because without good feet, you got nothing. Um, you don't have a horse at all if you ain't got good feet. So we got to take care of them animals and nutrition wise. And, uh, we saddle a little bit different for Western high country riding than we would if we were, you know, saddling up for, for, a, you know, a roping at a, at a, at an, in the arena or a barrel race. It's, it's different. So uh, we start out there and, and, and move as quick as we can and get everybody on the same page so that when we go into the advanced course, everybody's got that basic skills and we're moving, we're moving right along. But yeah, it's just enrolled now click the tab, sign up. Um, the process for the veteran side is as easy today as it's ever been. Um, I just had a, a guy called us a week ago and he said, well, uh, you know, are you sure that, you know, 
I can go. And I said, well, yeah, we've had a lot of veterans go through our program. You can, he goes, well, I don't want a debt. And I, I mean, you're going to find it, you know, with the VA. And I said, we're, we're a VA approved school. You can go right on their website, find us, um, take all that, uh, that stress away. You're not going to get a debt. They're going to pay for it, whatever your rating is. And as long as you know what your education rating is, some are hundred, some are 90. I've had guys go through that are 50 and 60. They pay the balance. And, and of course, even if they're 50 and 60 from reserve duty, um, things like that, they still are eligible. They just got to pay the balance, but their BAH is still comes to them as a full-time student. So that's just like they were active, but, uh, it's a very simple process now. Um, the enrollments come into us. We accept them, go through them, and then we input them right into the VA uh, immediately. And it's very a simple process anymore. That's awesome. And, you know, it's great information there too. What are some, you know, if you could give some, some lessons to folks that are and some, you know, kind of little nuggets for anybody who's wanting to get into to guiding and, and obviously a, a school like this would put, take somebody from zero and, and propel them into actually being competitive for some of these positions, but outside just like the general knowledge, you know, mindset, things to prep, you know, prepare for, you know, what, what should somebody expect and what kind of advice could you give? I can give the one thing that I can't fix. I can teach you a lot of things. Um, and I tell, this is in our classes, attitude. You got to come here with the right attitude. I can't teach that. I can teach you how to tie knots. I can teach you how to track better. I can teach you how to run the right food plots. I can teach you how to whitetail manage for big deer. I can teach you all of that. I can teach you people skills. I can't teach you attitude. You either come with a good attitude or you come with a shit attitude. One, either way, that's your attitude. So if you come in the right mindset and and that and that's a big thing I think no matter where you go no matter what industry you're in if if you're all in and got a good attitude whether it's just 2 weeks take it all in there's going to be some things you're not going to like I get it or you're going to be a little apprehensive you know that's true everybody's going to be a little apprehensive around a 1250 pound animal that they're not used to but if you wake up in the morning with a great attitude it's a beautiful day out um, we're gonna have a, we're gonna you know feed some animals, have a great breakfast, and get to work. That's the hard thing, and and being around people. Some guys go, well, I'm not really a people person. Well, sure you are. I watched you with your buddies. I watched you. I, I, I watched you on a Saturday night. You know, whatever you're doing, you're a people person, and it, it just you put it in the right perspective. Now, now I'm able to make money on that. Oh, the guy's gonna pay me. And if I do a great job, the guy that I'm dealing with is going to tip me some more in my back pocket. I mean, again, we're there to make money. So we're in the people business. We're in the hospitality business. It just happens to be in the hunting, fishing, outdoor tourism sector instead of being you know, in the bar. It's no different than that bartender serving a drink every day. Uh, you know, you're, you're going out, you're taking a client out and you're doing the best you can. People tell me, you know, every day, you know, how many elk have you killed? I said, none. None. I said, no, I hunt every day. I don't shoot anymore. I've never killed an elk in my life in 35 years. And they're like, well, why? 
I said, well, it's simple. And I'll ask you, Luke, this simple question. You see that majestic six-by-six bull up there? He scores 320 standing on the hill that early morning. What do you think about? I think about a lot of things. One of which is just, I've never seen a bull like that. So I think I'd think about just where I'm at and and what I'm looking at and the the majesty of the entire situation. But then I'd probably think about trying to get my rifle up and get a shot off. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. I was just going to soak it all in, but quickly transition and shoot it. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and what's really funny for me, I look at it's $5,000. Yeah. So... It, it, it's our product, right? So there's no reason for me to shoot my product. I hunt every day. I don't need to shoot anything anymore, ever. Now I'll shoot a few ducks and geese with some friends of mine, or I'll shoot some chucker and quail and, and pheasants, but I have no, no need to shoot a big bull elk or a big mule deer. I've guided a lot of them. And for me, it's money, And it's the satisfaction of watching the faces and the emotion of those individuals when that animal hits the ground. It's probably the most tight-knit group or tight-knit time of two individuals. Um, And that has no price tag. Uh, You just can't find it. That's probably really close to... uh... Like when I'm out tracking and we find that guy's deer, I get so many, so many bro man hugs in the woods when we find that guy's deer that, you know, he chalked up as a loss and never thought he was going to find. And then my dogs will take it right there. So I definitely know how you feel on that end because they're the excitement that just kind of flows out everywhere. Dudes hugging and jumping and stuff in the woods at five minutes ago, he was the hardest man on the planet. And then you find in that deer for him and just, Hugging in the woods and high fives for everyone. It, it is. And it's just a special, special moment that the friendships can last. They basically last forever. Um, and it, it's a it's a tough thing to put into words what that emotion is like. But that's why I do it. I get up in the morning. I got a great attitude every day even though my day may not have always been shitty. I mean, I might get up at five o'clock and I had two shitty phone calls, but when I start at seven o'clock with my guys or I come into class at nine o'clock to start teaching, that's all gone. My attitude is right. And I'm ready for the day to give everything I possibly can give for that day. And because that's the industry I'm in, I'm in, I'm in that education side of things and giving the knowledge base after 35 years and giving that back and having a good time doing it. I mean, going and learning things in the back country is not bad. I mean, is it exertion? Yeah. I mean, we fished two days now. I'm, I'm old now. Uh, you know, me and the Colonel fished two straight days and, and, and my ass is dragging. <laughs> I mean, when you're at 10,500 feet, uh, I'm dragging today. And we got back, we cut it a little short early today and said, we're going to go back and have dinner and a couple cocktails and everything's done and, and, and enjoy just our time together. You know, and, and, and the Colonel went through our program. I mean, in 2000, we were visiting last night, 
20 years this year. I mean, he went to class when my daughter was less than, she hadn't, wouldn't even turned one yet. And he's watched her grow up her entire life. And so there's that you can't put a price tag on. You can't put those relationships. It, it, it just, it's just different. And, you know, he, he's seen her take her first steps in the lodge, you know, while he's going to school for God's sake. And now, you know, she's a junior in college and helping out and doing stuff here around the ranch. And, you know, they're visiting. I mean, that's a 20-year relationship with my family. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't, trade it, wouldn't trade it for nothing. So I guess if I can give, you know, nuggets about, you know, what to bring with you, it's that attitude and that passion. I guess that the skills just come with being out there and practice. But those two things you can't, you can't teach attitude and passion. They either have it or they don't have it. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. It makes total sense, you know, and I, I agree completely. And I, and I think that that's great, you know, and, you know, I could see the trap that guys that maybe have a little experience hunting could show up with some ego and think they know, they know everything. And oh, I don't need to do the basic start me off on the advanced side, you know, and <laughs> instead of going in there humble and acting like they don't know a damn thing and, and learning, cause there's always a better way. There's always somebody that, that you know, cause I, I mean, I can tell you right now when I, if I had gone to this when I was 22, that's probably the attitude I'd have gone in with. And uh, you know, you get a little older, you get, knocked down a few more times you get humbled a lot and then you know like i don't the more i learn the more i learn i don't know nothing you know and that's kind of the way it is and and so going in with that mindset i think would be really important and uh in the passion piece i mean and then what you're talking about with the relationship so you mean you met carter unfortunately couldn't make it this evening but he uh i met him through you know what i've built with hle i don't know five four five years ago and now he's my, my daughter that's on the way you know he's he's our godfather or will be when she's here you know and that's that that relationship he's one of my best friends now I spend so much time with him and you just you can't there's something about I think it's even more so than the military to be honest because you 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 like have really tight close friends friendships in the military but they kind of they fade away pretty quick they're just in short and intense the relationships that I've made around hunting because I think there's a value set and a foundation for the 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 commonality of like who you are as a person, like at your like core level. Cause when you meet a hunter, you go anywhere group of people, there's a hunter, like you guys gravitate immediately. You know, there's just that pull there and there's a, a, a common, you know, value set there that, that I found to be true in most cases, you know, there's bad apples in every group, but um, it's powerful. And, and, you know, you, Jeff, you got me excited. I'm, I'm ready to get out of the army today and go ahead and start, <laughs> start some courses. Uh, I'm, convince well, we Lyle to that, Lyle's wife to let him let him out and run some courses with me. We hope that we can inspire some um, to just get out. And uh, I had one. We had one student who, I mean, uh, Wes. I, I can give him a lot, a lot of credit. And the young man came. His wife was still in and worked in the Pentagon. And and Wes came to us and and did the class. And he goes, I just don't have any drive. I don't have anything. He said, I can't even get off the couch to mow the grass. I'm like, well, what in the hell? I mean, you know, you've been in the military. I mean, he had, he had, he got his dog um, out that was with him as, as a bomb dog. And, and when they retired him, kind of to get out together. And I, he goes, I just sit around and I'm like, well, get off your hind end and do something. And went through the class 
went out, went back home. He got with a company called Legends out of Michigan, um, guiding for them, working with them now, also guides and has part ownership um, with a whitetail operation in Kentucky, um, shoots competitively now archery all over. Um, a, a good friend of mine who's hunted with me several times, Randy Kitts, with Black, owns Black Eagle Arrows. Um, he shoots for Black Eagle and a little sponsorship there, but uh, he he has a purpose now. He found it by, you know, I just was like, and we had, I can tell you right here, we had debates in the morning about this, about that. And basically, you know, it comes down to get up, get off your hind end and do something. Some door will open if you get off that couch enough. And he found that. And that, that makes me prouder than a guy that just goes out and has some skill and you know goes in, in, into the industry, you know. I think we made a difference. Um, you know, I think we 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 lit a spark enough to where he found some big doors. He's been to the ATA show several times. Uh, been out, you know, different people. So he's he's done it and he's done it right. And so I give him all you know all the credit you know in the world for what he's accomplished in, in, in very very short order. Um, you know, so that, that has been a, you know, a true pleasure for me. I mean, I had the U S the U S shooting team, U S army shooting team here as a group of five, uh, with major Koontz, um, uh, Sergeant Hartswick, uh, Sergeant John Hawes, um, and a couple of other guys I can't name, but cause I keep in contact with those three a lot. It's a lifetime, a, a lifetime, uh, relationship for me. They're still shooting competitively for the military as well as some of the reserve side of things, but it's relational. They're working in the industry. John's also an incredible commercial, or I shouldn't say commercial, I should say um, custom gun maker um, for, for long range and small rim shooting. I mean, he just does a lot of stuff on that side, made a career out of building custom target guns for these long range and these different station shooting that's gone crazy in the field now. So uh, we're fortunate uh, that we have a long range shooting facility now. Um, we have a five stand trap uh, as well as two other uh, wobble trap scenarios for, for shooting for our guests and for our students. So we're excited about having those new new asp new uh, facilities as well but it's just they've done well with a little bit of uh push i guess they found another path that they really didn't think existed and for that you know we're grateful here at coags and um that that it's working for some not for everybody i mean it's not for everyone some people find out that uh, we had one young lady here love her to death. She does a lot of hunting. She went through our fly fishing program and, and did okay and got out of, got through it. And our head fly fishing instructor asked her, you know, do you want to be a fly fishing guide? And she said, absolutely not. There's no way I'm standing in that water seven days a week, <laughs> every single day. Um, but, uh, you can learn what you like and you can learn what you don't like. And, uh, all of that makes a, makes a big headway, I think down the road as well. 
Oh, that's great, Jeff. And, you know, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. We we like to kind of wrap up uh, this. We do we call it closing, just, you know, closing thoughts. And so I'll, uh, I'll turn it over to Lyle first. Lyle, what do you have to wrap us up with? Well, I, I would just say, uh, again, that when I was there, man, I had a great time. And I learned so much, and it stuck with me, even, like I said, now that it's been – you know, tw- uh, probably 12 years or so ago when I was there. And I still think about it on a regular basis. That's how much of an impact that it had uh, in my life. Not, I've never guided for money a person for a second in my life, but I have enjoyed every bit of the skills that, that they taught me while I was there and just the overall experience. And then, like I said, the camaraderie with my buddy Gibbs that, uh, you know, I still to this day talk to, and I actually saw him in person for two weeks, 12 years ago, you know? So I just, again, Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot for coming on here. And just thanks for all the veteran output that you do. And just in general, all of the work and the good stuff that you're all about, Jeff. Thanks. I thank you much. You got anything to close us out with Jeff? I just want to say that, you know, I, I thank you, Luke. I thank Lyle and Carter, uh, for the opportunity to kind of uh, showcase our program. Um, we've kind of uh, really have needed that. And I, I, I'm blessed to say I'm blessed to be able to, to get the word out uh, with you guys and, and what you do as well. And uh, thank you for being you know, still active and all of that. And, and good luck on, on the little one coming uh, very shortly. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming out or coming on Jeff. And I'm excited for, you know, build this relationship in the future. I'm excited to, uh, you know, be a client, come out, be a student and learn and, and pick your brain and, and, you know, shorten my gaps. Cause I'm, I'm, you know, I'm from the East coast. I'm from the mountains of Virginia and you know, it's white tail and Turkey. And, you know, I'm, I know a little bit about that and I've, I've dabbled in out here West for the past three years, but I, there's a lot that I don't know. And I probably don't know what I don't know. So I'm, I'm excited for, for the opportunity going forward. And, and, you know, what I, would, what I want to tell everybody out there is I, I hear and I get questions through social media a lot. You know, how do I get into the industry? And like there's like this the industry. That's what everybody calls it. And it's like this, <laughs> one, the industry is huge and there's so many different things. But, you know, learning skills and skill sets like, you know, if I started this podcast after going through every course, I would have a lot more to talk about because my my knowledge base would be way higher. Right. Like you can't put a price. You really can't on your skills. And uh, especially if you learn the business aspect of the hunting industry and then tie it in with the, the, the hard, tangible skills of actually knowing the species, knowing patterns, understanding how they work. There's money there. There's money just for being able to teach. Um, the education standpoint is, is huge. And so, I mean, there's just a ton of opportunity. And so you got to figure out what your passion is and what you want to be a part of and how you see your role. You know, don't just think I want to get into the industry because then you can end up doing a job that's just as shitty as it would be if you were sitting next to Lyle in that cubicle at, at Fort Moore or whatever the hell we're calling it now, formerly Fort Benny, you know? So yeah, that's what I would just challenge folks is to, to think about if you want to get into this world uh, is to, to surround yourself with good people, learn from the right folks and then learn those hard skills because they'll come in handy, you know, for sure. But you know, as always, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. Uh, Jeff, do you guys have a social media page or anything that you want to shout out? Um, yeah, I mean, our, our social media page is, is uh, guideschool.com. I mean, I should say is is Colorado Outdoor Adventure Guide School on Facebook. Um, I'm not a big Instagrammer. We do have a page out there, I guess, but uh, I'm not on. <laughs> well, some of the guys throw some pictures on there and things like that. Um, but yeah, Facebook, we do have, uh, have a presence there. 
at the Colorado Outdoor Adventure Guide School. Um, and then, you know, my personal page is Jeff Miner, so they can look me up. And I got a lot of stuff on there on our personal side, too, because it's it's about the business. Uh, but it's guideschool.com. Uh, go take a look at it. Um, and all the programs are on there, all the information. And if they got any questions, just shoot us an email or give me a call. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Jeff, for your time and your, you know, coming on and, uh, and education, educating us a little bit about what you got going on over there. I know, I know I'm excited and I bet a bunch of our listeners are too. So thank you to all the listeners. I appreciate the hell out of you guys. As always, we'll talk to you next week.